You're listening to Artistic Finance, show 105. On today's show, I'm going to go over the results of our audience survey. You'll hear what you had to say and my thoughts on that. There is no bonus episode this week, but if you're enjoying the show and you like what we're doing, feel free to support us over at patreon.com slash artisticfinance. By becoming a patron, you'll get access to all our previous outtakes and our other bonus content. You'll also get a private podcast feed. Join up at patreon.com slash artisticfinance. And if you're not ready to become a patron, that's totally cool. You can help us out by paying the fee for listening to this show, which is to tell somebody about the show. Tell a friend, tell a peer, tell a stranger, tell anyone. Share an episode with them, tell them why you like it, and thank you in advance. Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. First things first, we had 24 responses. That may not sound like a lot, but considering we have an average listenership of 100, that's almost 25% of our listeners. First things first, what is your age? 55% of our audience is between ages 26 and 45. 15% is 46 to 55. 22% is 56 or older and the rest is under 25. What is your gender? We're mostly 50% male, 50% female, with a couple respondents as other genders. How did you hear about artistic finance? Three people said from Light Talk, the podcast. Three said from In One, the podcast. And the rest were by me, from LDI, or social media. Now, in podcasting school, the first lesson is go beyond other people's podcasts to talk about your own. I'm not very good at that, but thanks to Corey over at In One, he did have me on his show, and I happen to know the people over at Light Talk, so they mentioned me on theirs. I'm not an outgoing person, so if you know of a podcast that perhaps I could go on as a guest, let me know, because that's a significant amount of our listeners are coming from other podcasts. Now, there are some great suggestions in these results. So I'm going to often mention to you, the listener, to help me out. You can get a hold of me by emailing me artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com because a lot of these ideas are fantastic, but they take time and energy. So if you can help in any way, please get a hold of me because that makes it more likely that I can actually implement some of these changes. And one person came to us from YouTube. They said they saw the Brett Slater interview on YouTube, which was our first YouTube interview that actually included video. Already, the video seems to be a good thing. What is the occupation of our listeners? 70% are artists or freelancers or working full-time in the entertainment industry. 20% is employed not in the arts. The rest are retired, and to my surprise, no students listen to this show. No students. (laughs) What areas of finance are you most interested in learning about? 30% of you are interested in career topics such as LLCs, insurance, negotiation. 25% are interested in investing, stocks, bonds, alternatives, 
tax loss harvesting, and 20% are interested in personal finance, such as budgeting and savings and taxes. Now, 15% wanted to talk about retirement. So wills, asset allocation, social security benefits. That's an area that I haven't really focused on much in this show, and I'm seeing I do need to do some of that. And then the other results were sort of variations of all of the above. What type of podcast sounds most interesting to you? 50% of you said interviews with artists. I'm seeing that is definitely an appeal of our show is having the conversations with artists who are actually working, thriving, surviving. 20% of you said financial professionals explaining topics in depth. So I'll definitely keep doing some of that. And then here was a surprise to me. 10% of you suggested listeners of artistic finance sharing their stories. That's something I'd be interested to hear myself. Also to see if there's anything we've talked about on the show that people have taken action on. Now podcast topics that sound interesting to you. We had a four-way tie for topics that people want to hear. First was preparing for retirement. This surprised me. Again, this had nine responses, people wanting to hear about retirement. I'm seeing that I need to do that. Dividend investing basics also had nine responses of wanting to hear more. How to invest in a Broadway show. And my friend is bad with money. How to help them succeed. Now that one could go many different ways. I think that I can focus in and get episodes on all four of these topics. Some interest, but not as much, was union benefits explained and the finances of starting a family. What is your favorite part of artistic finance? So a number of people said the host. So my head is swelling right now. Somebody said they appreciate the summaries at the end of the episodes, the open and refreshing way that finances are discussed, and something that repeated a lot here was the variety of financial topics. This was something interesting because in podcasting school, they say zero in on a specific niche. While I want to do that, by the number of responses that said they appreciated the variety of artists we're talking to, I sort of think I can keep on in that vein. Here's one of the comments. It's great to hear people in the arts talking more about money out in the open. I had some wonderful conversations at USITT this year about finance, salary policy, and more, which didn't happen a few years ago. Non-judgmental, easy to listen to with helpful resources to easily look back on in the show notes, which was also good for me to hear because I don't actually know if people use the show notes. I love the human touch in there. Finance can be pretty dry and a lot of the reason people tune out. But with artistic finance, we hear more of the personal side of advice and making better investing decisions. This one I like, hearing about what the younger generation seems to think is important versus what truly is. That's something Nicole is always on to me about. She wants me to have older and more experienced guests on. My circle, the people I'm around tend to be younger, but I am aware I need to get some of those oldies on here. Ethan's enthusiasm. If you were in charge of artistic finance, what would you change? If possible, talk more specifically about dollar amounts for contracts and jobs. Whoever left that comment, thank you. I appreciate it. And I will say when I first started this, I did want to talk more specifics. And I still do. But it comes with challenges. First obvious challenge is artists don't always like to share the numbers. And even sometimes they'll say a number and then later on they'll say, can you edit that out? One thing I could do is I could talk specifically about my jobs. 
some of the places I work don't want us talking about the money, and I have to respect that. But not all of them, and there are certainly ones that I can talk about. Whoever left this, if you could email me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com, because I know that the USA 829 Off-Broadway sort of committee put out a survey a couple years ago, and they asked, you know, what are you getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. So some of this information is out there. We just have to find it. Or we could send an email or a poll out to just ask our peers what they're getting paid. I know, you know, off-Broadway electrician rates and things like that are sort of standard. So we could actually sort of put these polls out and just read the results of those polls. And that would give us some specific numbers. Also, if you're listening and you would be open and willing to just sort of jump on a five-minute Zoom and talk specific numbers in your industry, in your area, that would be a great way to get some of the numbers out. Additionally, Actors' Equity... And USA 829 puts out rate sheets for minimums. We could discuss that on the show. I love that suggestion. It's just a bit of legwork to get it done. And so if anybody wants to help on an episode or two with specific numbers, that would be amazing. Maybe make it more international. Some of the America specifics are hard to understand as a non-US citizen. I hear you. Finance in the global capitalistic system are similar, but yes, taxes and other things are very different. So let me pontificate on that one. The swag shop. Switch to a smaller, maybe an artist who can handle creating or shipping out orders a little quicker. Provide more opportunities to Patreons. Example, if you want to invest in a Broadway show, here's an opportunity to do so. I love this idea. The swag shop especially. I would love to get an artist that has an Etsy store to work with us to sort of fulfill our orders. We don't have that many. So if you are an artist or you know somebody who could maybe help us out with that, that would actually be an absolute wonderful thing for us to do. It's just something that takes time and I've chosen to focus other places. About, say, investing in a Broadway show, that's another thing that we can do. People do reach out to Nicole and me about investing in certain shows It's a little tricky there with the SEC because we can't broadcast about that. Behind the Patreon wall, I think it's okay for us to do it, but we're just very cautious. The other thing with investing in Broadway or West End shows is the minimum amount of money tends to be $25,000. And in order for us to go produce it with somebody, we tend to have to have a minimum of six people. That being said, if you're interested in something like that, do email me because we can create sort of a list of people that are interested so that way when those opportunities do come, we can share them with you. And I will certainly look into sort of automating that on the Patreon so that way if you're a patron, you'll get those notifications. We also sort of have to have a relationship with the people so we can't just blast it out. So if you're interested in that, email me, artisticfinancepodcast.gmail.com and we'll start a back and forth, we'll form a relationship and then we can gloss over all that. Couple people mentioned the intro music. That is the thorn in my side. (laughs) That's been a note for a while to look at. I've been working on it for over a year. It's something that clearly is heavy for me. If you are good with music, if you think you could do a better job than what we have, please let me know. Looking for something new. If you have something available, let me know. More YouTube videos. A lot of the interviews, I find myself wanting to see the expression of the person talking or Ethan hearing what the person just said. A number of people said video content. So we've been working with our strategist and we have started video interviews. So our interview with 
Our interview with Brett Slater is on YouTube. Mine with Eli Zoller is on YouTube. This one is on YouTube, so you can see and hear. And of course, next week's episodes are coming out on YouTube. We're now putting out the video of our interviews. I have noticed that when we put up an interview without video, we tend to get five views. When we put up Brett's, we got more than 20, which the numbers are small, but you can see there's definitely more interest in the video content. I'd have a few finance professionals moderate some of the conversations to regulate some of the input that is given by folks that aren't necessarily nailing it so that advice is wrangled a bit. I love this suggestion. The challenge is getting finance professionals to give us the time. If you're listening and you're a finance professional and you would be willing to sit in on some of the interviews just to say, yes, no, meh, I would love it. It's a lot to ask people for their time, but I definitely do know we have had some interviews with some bad financial advice that I've had to skirt around, and I myself may be saying things wrong. I love that advice. I love that idea. I'll see what I can do. My least favorite episodes were the ones on crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs. More on that in a minute. Has listening to artistic finance made you take action on anything or taught you something new? Lots of new things, too many to list. Here is my number one favorite answer from the entire survey. I have learned some new things, not taken any action yet. I love that. All right, so whoever wrote that, here's the deal. Please take action today on this episode. And here's what's on my mind. I was listening to the Investors Podcast. They were talking about retirement. The host said, you know, no one has actually put on paper the amount of money that they need to retire. People think they need $2 million, $3 million to collect their 4% every year. But the reality is, if you only need $80,000 to live every year, you can figure out how much you need for that. You can maybe figure out how much you need to make $40,000 a year and then know that you have to have another source of income during your retirement. But actually sitting down and thinking, what is that number? You can, of course, pick that $8 million number, or you can sort of play around with an online calculator to find. But let that be the action that you take, because that's what is on my mind today. So I've learned some new things, not taken any action yet. Go figure out how much money would make you content in retirement. I think artistic finance has taught me to be more open and thoughtful about my finances, Also, investing wasn't something I'd ever considered, so it's been interesting to learn about that, though I've yet to do any investing. Okay, what I love about this is something that I think is important is for the arts community to talk about retirement. None of this, I'm never going to retire, I'm going to work until I die. No, we're artists and we live in a capitalistic society. Whether we like that or not, we have to deal with it. What I love is that we have people artists on this show talking about investing, talking about money, so that other artists know that they can too. We're giving you permission to focus on that because you have to. And now we circle back to the crypto. (laughs) I've learned a lot about crypto, wine investing, sustainable investing, and how freelancers get paid and do their taxes. I've started looking more into Roth versus traditional. It's helped me maintain a focus on saving for retirement. This is a bit of a long answer here, but I've started investing in VinoVest, I've started investing on Robinhood, and I've purchased Bitcoin on Cash App, 
and I plan to purchase iBonds next. I haven't necessarily learned it from the show, but the show may have helped me keep finances on the mind. I switched all my savings to a higher interest savings account in the last year. This person goes on to say that they booked a flight for other people using their credit card reward points. I love that answer. You use points and you use them on somebody else. Here we go again. Taught and encouraged me to learn about cryptocurrency, I-bonds, and reinforce the need to save for the future. I've heard new perspectives when I tune in. Artistic Finance has taught and encouraged me to learn about cryptocurrency. Yes, I started Bitcoin investing and stopped some unnecessary subscriptions and diversified my portfolio. Artistic Finance has taught me how much more the younger generation needs to learn about dealing with their financial health versus what they think they're managing properly. It's made me more conscious of saving for retirement as well as empowered me to have more discussions regarding finances. It has made me give my finances serious thought. It has helped me understand investing more. Yes, I bought I-bonds. I learned to pay closer attention to my credit card benefits and that I need to start saving for retirement ASAP. I'm not comfortable talking about money, but when interacting with younger friends who are up-and-coming artists, I tell them real numbers so they can benefit from my experience. I also now have a 401k and an IRA. Our first bonus question was, has listening to artistic finance made you take action on anything or taught you something new? What I love about those previous answers was a number of people have started investing in Bitcoin, while at the same time, some people did not enjoy the episodes on Bitcoin. That's a marriage that I can't figure out, but I loved the answers. And our final bonus question, what topic or guest would you like to hear on the show? Pensions. Though I'm sure you've covered that in a previous episode that I've not listened to yet. Choosing investments with sustainable and responsible companies. I do want to say episode 91 was about fossil fuel-free investing. And episode 78 was about ethical investing. I think there's a lot more to cover on those topics, especially zeroing in on specific companies versus indexes. Raising money for projects, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. It's different for different projects, but the reality is raising money is raising money. Budgeting ideas for things like groceries and gas. I've never used coupons, but in the past year have thought about whether it's really worth the time trying to organize and search for deals. That's an evergreen topic, being penny wise versus pound foolish, meaning how much do you focus time and energy on saving small amounts of money here and there in your everyday activities versus saving money on bigger ticket items or perhaps making more income. Uh, There's a lot there, and I know I shy away from coupons, But I don't want to knock them, again, like our episode on credit card reward points and our episode on Starbucks reward points. Yes, you can get go down the rabbit hole, but, you know, it's not the worst thing. So, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where to go with that one. (laughs) Free online financial calculators. That's a great idea. Online resources to help with finances, especially talking about finding that retirement number. REITs. That's an excellent idea. Real estate investing through indexes and through companies versus purchasing real estate or owning a home. I like that idea. I'd like to hear from the people that are in charge of big businesses within our industry and hear their take on how freelancers and smaller design firms can build themselves into better entities. 
Someone like Wes Bailey, CEO of Four Wall Entertainment, would be a prime example. Someone young enough to relate to, but experienced enough to lay down the hard facts of business. I'm always blown away about how some folks are running their business entities. That definitely applies to me because if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I have an LLC, but I don't use it at all. This would be a good episode for myself. I know a couple artists who live out of vans and RVs. It'd be interesting to see how that lifestyle works from an artistic and financial point of view. Love that idea. The importance of estate planning. Here we go. Again, retirement estate planning, something I need to focus on. How to maintain a second source of income on a busy freelancing schedule. That is a great idea. I mean, I'm running this podcast. It's not making money, but I have hope that it will. I tell you what, running this show, putting out episodes every week is a challenge. So that is an episode that I need. (laughs) I would love to hear from people who have done seemingly impossible things, such as run a big band project for years or start a theater or dance company and keep it operating. All right, everybody, thank you so much for these suggestions. There is so much good advice in here. There's so much good stuff to tackle. I'm going to try. So what did you think about this survey? Did you have anything more to add? Now, I'm going to keep that survey link in the show notes in perpetuity because I find that this feedback is really helpful to me. Um, And my biggest takeaway is that if any of this sounds interesting to you and you want to help me out at all, I would welcome the help because a lot of these topics are great to tackle, but I need a guest. I need an outline of what to talk about and the questions that I need to ask. And it's just a lot of work. If there's any help, if if you say know a guest, a specific guest that you think would be good, and if you could help me create the outline for that episode and perhaps coordinate that, that would be incredible. But just reach out to me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. The other thing is you can also just send information. If you think there's important information that you have that would be good for people to hear, just email it to me and I'll try to include it in an episode. As always, if you appreciate the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is by becoming a Patreon patron. You'll get a private podcast feed and early access to the episodes. Become a patron at patreon.com slash artistic finance. If you're not ready to become a patron, that's totally wonderful. Some free things that you can do to help us out is subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us on your podcast app, and most importantly, tell somebody about the show. Everybody that listens found out from somebody. So telling somebody about the show is the number one thing you can do to help me out. So that's everything for today. I got a lot to work on here. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.